0: I found something. A chance, maybe. A chance for what? A chance for Barbara Gordon. Don't. Don't what?
1: Don't give me hope.
0: Hey, Bizzlecast listeners, I'm Jason Ritter, and you're listening to the Bizzlecast.
1: So, as always, thank you for joining me. Enjoy the podcast. Kick back and relax. The Force is strong and is with us always. And never forget.
2: We have hope. Rebellions are built on hope.
1: They've no idea we're coming. Take hold of this moment. The force is strong.
2: Make ten men feel like a hundred. I'll take the next chance. And the next. Time. You're all rebels on you?
1: i called the Jesse James Jesse, aka the Bizzle Oh, the Bizzle, thank you <laughs> The Bizzle? Thank you, the Bizzle Yeah The Bizzle Alright, ladies and gentlemen of the Bizzlecast Welcome back to the podcast Here with Bizzlecast co-contributor James Jimbo Rigger For our Batman extravaganza We are talking about Batman 2021 movie Directed by Matt Reeves Starring Robert Pattinson We're talking about what we know What we think we know What we might have heard, what we want for this movie, and it seems like at least a trilogy in other movies coming out of it. And James, (laughs) Mr. Ritter, as I welcome you in, we've got some fun treats for the Bizzlecast listeners. We've already recorded it. We've got some fun stuff that'll probably come up. But I've been wanting to do this, and we are going to bring in the comics to this as well, because I read most of Long Halloween. But I am sick to death of Harley fucking Quinn, and I just want to talk about something awesome like batman 2021 mr ritter welcome back to the podcast yeah
0: thank you for having me back bizzle you know it's kind of funny that we're talking about a batman movie now since this year is batman's 80th anniversary in the comics and so so that that's pretty cool
1: yep it is batman's 80th anniversary um and uh well, I was going to bring in some other related stuff and characters, but we'll wait for now. Um, as I've said, uh, Batman is, you know, it, 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 is American as as apple pie in Star Wars. He's ingrained in the culture. He's, you know, overall, I think if you pulled everybody, uh, would be, you know, the favorite or, or up there with Spider-Man, perhaps, uh, if, um, depending on the population. Um, I still think Batman would come out on top. Um, and, dude... Um, you know the uh, the the Dark Knight movies were excellent, great money, uh, great reviews. But I think in this new world, if Warner Brothers doesn't screw it up the way they seem to be with Birds of Prey, although there's hope around the corner, baby, that we're gonna talk about um, with Batman. Ritter, we teased this last time or two podcasts ago. I don't know if it's a billion or a billion and a half, but. If this goes Planet of the Apes in terms of quality, darkness, maturity, but accessibility, and Pattinson kills it with the supporting cast, and Matt Reeves does Matt Reeves stuff as a directing superhero, I I, I mean, I'm not going to say this is going to be better than The Dark Knight. I certainly think it will make more money because the model has changed, but let me just throw it to you like this. I would be talking about this no matter what. It's sort of coincidental that I finally have gotten you as a regular to talk about Batman, and he's your guy. Like, it's a coincidence my dad finally saw The Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises. Um, by the way, he gave Dark Knight Rises an 11 out of 10, and he gave Dark Knight, um, like an I Love You 3000, Tony Stark style, <laughs> um, it, in the you know Pennyworth show, which you normally wouldn't watch that stuff. However, um, uh, uh, Jimbo, I would not probably be tackling it this intensely, this much, this soon. So I want to thank you in advance for that, and I'm very excited after all of my rants uh, about Margot Robbie and Harley Quinn and the supposed Birds of Prey movie that's not a Birds of Prey movie, as far as I'm concerned, and a Joker movie, which, by the way, like Dark Knight, is in continuity with nothing. So even if everyone loves it, it's the best thing ever. DC, Warner Brothers, again aren't going to get any long-term gains out of it. Unbelievable. But Batman 2021 is the new continuity. Wonder Woman's great. Aquaman's great. And if they do this right, man, that trio could go on for a very, very long time. Thoughts?
0: Yeah, I think this this new Batverse that they're creating is going to be something special. I mean, this is the first one we're going to get a, like, toe-and-toe detective movie not making Batman the martial artist king that we already know he is I mean we know he trained in Ra's al Ghul and stuff like that but finally we will learn like you know his detective work which which we knew about if, if everyone's played the Arkham games we know how much of a great detective he is you know he detects everything and and he blows stuff up and he finds the stuff and he destroys it and stuff so that's
1: pretty much yeah (laughs) okay so i'm going to give one thought about birds of prey slash the harley quinn show slash the margot robbie (laughs) show it's uh, unclear um i'm going to give one did you hear my um the rant the solo rant i did after the picture releases with no Batgirl, but before the trailer yes okay
0: i was actually i Wait, actually hold on hold on hold
1: on because um, i was driving oh you're driving i'm gonna let, I'm gonna let you respond to that um <laughs> and i'm gonna have i uh, i gave my thought about the joker um but I, have a, I have a quick thought about joker you can respond to that but then we're and, and then uh, if you want to add anything but then we're gonna go right into batman 2021 mixed with talking about casting and the comics and other things that's not okay it sounds good. Okay, so let me start with the Joker, which is I respect the crap out of Joaquin Phoenix. I don't care that he's totally weird. He, you know, he seems kind of creepy. He certainly hasn't been accused of stuff the way like Casey Affleck and some other male actors have, as far as or Johnny Depp or whatever. I think he's just a weirdo and eccentric, the way, you know, Daniel Day-Lewis is kind of eccentric. I'm not interested in seeing another Joker movie. And while the ultra violence thing, in uh, principle doesn't bother me. The problem is the director, who's best known for what the fuck is that horrible comedy with Zach uh, Efron? Hangover. Hangover. He had to come out and take a shot at woke culture, aka social justice warriors. So he's not doing any favors. And I predict I did not think this movie would do a hundred million opening weekend, but you know how Wonder Woman did hundred opening weekend. And then did a hundred million the second weekend and a hundred million the third weekend, you know, it just kept going when normally there's a huge drop off, right? So normally there's a 50 to 60% drop off first to second weekend. Domestically BVS dropped like 70%. Wonder Woman dropped like 20 because of word of mouth. I think everyone, this is what I want you to respond to directly. And then you give your Joker thoughts. I know you haven't seen it yet. Um, It's getting pretty good reviews. My thought is this. I think we're going to see a BVS money drop off domestically with Joker because based on nerds I follow and nerd websites and so forth, I think everyone who was amped to see this movie, seeing it opening weekends, and some of them will see it again and maybe there'll be some positive word of mouth. I also think there's a lot of people who don't want to see this, and even like Aquaman is a fun family movie, you know that word of mouth did did great things for, and it did great overseas. It would remain to be seen about the Joker, um, but does d- does that make sense? A and B, do you agree that there could be a big drop off because this is one of those sort of cultish, you know, crazy movies that like horror movies that certain people are really into, but m- might not carry on week after week after week, or week the way Wonder Woman and Aquaman uh, did in terms of the money, your thoughts?
0: Well, um, well, it's, we'll, we'll, I mean, we can see, we can, we can see what happens. Cause you know, you know, pe- so people, people want to go just to see what it is. What is the Joker movie? How are you going to do a Joker movie about Batman? Which, I mean, people were wondering, well, how you do a bad movie that inspired Man And, that
1: did very well, so yeah. And suppose, the, and the no, root. really quick, really quick, I made the joke about no continuity and waste. You know, the waste. The problem is between Heath Ledger, this Joker, and Jared Leto. Jared Leto's the only one who's technically part of the wider universe. So, the worst by far of the three recent ones, and, and if you had Mark Hamill from the video games and animated series, so the three, the three great ones are not in continuity with anything, and the one who's in continuity is Jared Leto. WB, you're so dumb. Sorry, I can't help it. Go ahead.
0: Okay. Well oh. and, and supposedly what I saw is apparently, I guess, your first year Friday, I guess... It made, so far, more money than Venom as of right now. So, I mean, we, we'll, we'll see what happens.
1: All right, dude. Um, one more topic, and then we're getting into Batman. And, of course, it's the yeah. Harley Quinn show slash the Margot Robbie show slash yeah. maybe the Birds of Prey or, and Cassandra Kane will show up occasionally. Yeah. So, yeah. you've heard uh, my rants.
0: So, uh, so, last time, for listeners, last we saw us, we did a podcast before the trailer came out, so now we get to talk about, I guess, kind of the trailer.
1: So, right, the chronology is we did one before not only the trailer, but the, uh, the the photo, the four photo panels, which it seemed obvious was going to be Harley, Canary, Huntress, and Batgirl. Of course, it was Canary, Huntress, Harley, and Harley. And this is the Harley Quinn show. DC Comics profile picture, Harley Quinn, DC Comics, the Profile Banner, Harley Quinn, Harley Quinn in the, in the first trailer, Harley Quinn in the second trailer, Harley Quinn in the photos. But you know what, dude? Even though I've been going after M- M- Margot, and even though I didn't that podcast, Margot Robbie, have you, li- have you lost your damn mind? I know you listened to it, and my conclusion by the end of it was, I think Margot's trying to save this mess, like she did with Suicide Squad, because of WB screwing up. Because I think they don't like this movie, it's half-baked, and no one knows who Mary Elizabeth Winstead or Jurnee Smollett-Bell are, even though you and I like those castings in general... And if you look down the list, other than you would McGregor, there's literally not a recognizable name. And so this sort of has to be the Margot Robbie show. And because of the casting of of, of uh, Jim Gordon, which we're about to get to with Batman and some other things, I'm starting to get less worried about this negatively affecting the Batverse going forward. Your thoughts about my thoughts in the last couple of weeks about all this and your thoughts about Birds of Prey. Play- Colin and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Go.
0: So we've talked uh, offline about the trailer and your conclusion was trash. Yep. Yep. And then after that, I was hesitant to see the trailer. And then the next day I finally broke down and watched the trailer.
1: And oh boy, it's yeah. bad. Not only, but the pro- here is the problem. The thing is, all the dudes that I know who don't even care like Wonder Woman or care that much about Scarlet Witch and Black Widow. You know, they only like you know Spider Man and Batman. They like only the dudes, but they love Harley Quinn. Hmm, I wonder why guys like Harley Quinn. Uh, not to be cynical, but I am being cynical because men are I think seventy percent about one thing and that's sex and that is a a character of harley quinn even the animated series she was exuding sexiness you know looking back now the video games play on it maybe even more but dude the problem is i can call the trailer trash but then you go back and watch the suicide squad trailers and it's it's not worse than that so i have to come to the conclusion that i just don't like harley quinn and the suicide squad and and that's fine You know, like, like, does that make sense? Like, I may think this is trash, but I don't think it's like worse trash than we've seen from this part of the universe before. And I know Matt Reeves is not going in this direction. And so I'm less worried about it. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah,
0: I don't know. Like, like something about it doesn't seem right. I don't know if it it, is. This is the movie or if it's just WB making bad marketing decisions again, a.k.a. VBS Suicide Squad. That was bad marketing. But yes. Um, so it could be a few things. So I'm just, I'm just praying, praying it is a bad marketing decision and it is actually a good movie because if it's a bad movie and bad marketing, then it's bad.
1: Well, I think so. who, who's really on the lamb here, as they say, is not Kathy. Young, the director who's probably still has, um, You know, some chances in front of her, but Christina Hudson, the writer, who I've been talking about a ton because of the Haley Steinfeld connections, she wrote Shudden in 2016, which was trashed, Unforgettable in 2017, which was trashed, she wrote Bumblebee, but everything good in Bumblebee, in my opinion, had to do with John Cena, Haley Steinfeld, and the director Travis Knight and what they did with Bumblebee, not the particular writing of the movie, which was pretty... You know, if you take out John Cena's comedic delivery and Haley Steinfeld's brilliant performance and everything she does. I did a full commentary for that movie. I like it because of those two, and B but the writing is not great. And so if the writer gets blamed for Birds of Prey internally or otherwise, she may be announced for The Flash and Batgirl. I would be shocked if she did both The Flash and Batgirl, and I, I would not be shocked if she's done with DC, if this movie does not do well. Even if it makes decent money because of Harley, I don't. they normally get rid of writers if the reviews are horrible, you know, because um, the producers aren't necessarily going after the recent shake-ups, right? All right, dude, so yeah. we're going to be talking bad. Batman talking Comics, the eightieth anniversary, Batman Day is what we're gonna start on because I don't really care about the Joker. I'm glad people are enjoying it. That's cool. I'm um, I'm 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 done. I'm exhausted mentally and physically ranting about the Harley Quinn show, aka Birds of Prey, and the Fantabulous Piece of Bullshit. Um, <laughs> but in a combination of talking about the Batman future. And some of the specifics about the Batman future is going to make me really, really happy. I know you've been wanting to talk about the 80th anniversary and Batman Day and so forth. So why don't we jump in there and then we'll work our way into Batman 2021 and all the coolness around it. So you go ahead.
0: Yeah, so I I, I ventured out into the bookstore for Batman Day because I had to do something Batman Ray for Batman Day because I tried watching The Dark Knight that night and I kind of fell asleep accidentally <laughs> no fall of its own it's just I just didn't have enough sleep
1: yeah I, I hear that I, I totally hear that yeah. um
0: so I got I got two Batman books on Batman Day I got a book called Batman versus the Joker which is all the combination of all the uh, Batman Joker stories from the years like they have the laughing fish and they have one drawn by the guy who created Thanos, so starling yeah starling drew a joker story Hmm. which i didn't know until i bought the book i'm like ah very interesting and then i got um batman detective comics mythology which is drawn by the team of peter tomasi who we did he's we, doing an excellent one on Detective comics right now, so I'm hearing, so I wanted to pick it up because this takes place right before the comic I got for my birthday, which was Detective comics one thousand so hm hmm,
1: hmm, hmm. um so talk to us about about batman day the eightieth anniversary i mean it's it's crazy how long it's been. it shows you how popular. He is Batman, Bruce Wayne, in, in, in this country. Had a lot of different portrayals, different actors, um, yep. and um, you know, again, we, we we're very optimistic that, that that Pattinson could be one of the best, if not the best. I have some thoughts actually um, that, that I've had since our conversation the last few weeks. Why, why, at least in some ways, you know, I think he can be better than um, than Bale and um, and Affleck um it's been this particular portrayal before we get there talk a little bit about the anniversary and batman day and, and so forth and, and how important this character is
0: like it is well this character is very important you know i you know i think without 89 batman we would not have the uh i think it kind of helped the building blocks of the renaissance of uh comic book movies because it's one of the ones that was like you can actually make a really good comic book movie that respects the source material and stuff. So mm. I feel about without that, we would not have an Avengers or an Iron Man or even, you know, a Spider-Man or, or Deadpool possibly without, you know, the 89 Batman. That's how I feel at least. Hmm. So,
1: Hmm. Um, okay. Um, well, I'm doing. I've been doing, and, I've been doing and, a lot of the talking, so I, I want you to to um to, to lead us in um to, to 2021 if you're ready um or, or general Batman thoughts to to lead us in. So you go ahead. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, I mean, there was a lot of neat stuff that happened on Batman Day. I mean, that one of the big ones was uh, what was it that that weekend they they had the bat signal sign over New York and a bunch of other cities to celebrate Batman Day and maybe they might do that when we get when when Robert Pattinson is makes a great Batman movie that we are going to talk about now so yeah so a few few weeks ago um Bizzle we found out that Jeffrey Wright wasn't talked to play Commissioner Gordon and we haven't really talked about that yet
1: yes yes um, and, uh, Jeffrey Wright is one of those actors that, whatever kinds, of, if, if you guys are into movies at all, um, whatever genre, um, y- you have definitely seen him. He's one of those guys people know when they see him, um, but he's not like Michael Caine, you know, or, 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 or uh, um, uh, J.K., what's his name? Um, uh, Simmons, um, jk simmons who you know those guys have been in so many fucking movies and stuff you know people know them by name um but real film fans know that jeffrey wright is one of the greatest not just african-american actors um uh, you know of the last few generations but just actors in general um so talk to me about uh about the, the casting of jeffrey wright um you know, you and I could care less what skin color he is. We just want him to be awesome. I'm particularly interested uh, about what you think about recasting Simmons. Whatever the reasons are, you know, I mean, it, it's Michael Caine's Michael Caine. Uh, I'm sorry. Um. Uh. Um. What's his name? Um. Uh. Who, who in The Dark Knight? Um. Who played the, the commissioner? Um. um uh, Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman. Sorry, sorry, my head's a little foggy. Um. Gary Oldman. Uh. We knew we were gonna get him back. Simmons did seem a little goofy to me, as much as I love him. He didn't seem like the perfect casting. So, recasting here, just in terms of the actor, let's start there, and then we can talk about the implications of it. When you think about that that casting, because, let's be honest, I mean, in terms of what we know of the movie so far, it's Penson, Jonah Hill rumored as some sort of bad guy, and Wright rumored a little bit more strongly as Gordon. So we'll get to Pattinson, and maybe we'll talk a little about Hill because that's more speculative. Jeffrey Wright seems a little bit more definitive. What, what do you think about that? That casting?
0: I think it's amazing casting. I mean, I mean, I know the people right now on the internet are complaining about it, but but you know, you need some diversity in Gotham City. I mean, there really wasn't that much diversity in the Dark Knight t- trilogy. Most of the uh main cast members were a bunch of white old dudes so, to be honest the only diversity we had was uh Morgan Freeman as Rufus Fox and that was kind of about it i think for like diversity of the main actors so so i think it's i think it's very good that we're going to get you know a different version of commissioner gordon and you know i just didn't I mean, it's funny that they got him because the person I heard they originally went to was Mahersha Ali, mm. and he's like, and he's like, "No, I want to be the lead in blade." Which, to be honest, that is that that is a very good choice, you
2: mm-hmm.
0: know, like the side character when he could be the main character. You know what I mean?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But I think this Commissioner Gordon will probably have a lot more to do, possibly in the trilogy maybe as much as maybe as much as Gary Oldman's did, or maybe even more, who knows, but that's just my feeling on it.
1: I love this casting. I love the actor. I'm totally cool. with The recast, this is a better fit. He's got the perfect personality. Everyone likes him. He is definitely one of those actors like Denzel. I mean, he's not Denzel, you know, level of fame, but in terms of, you know, regardless of race, age, gender, et cetera, people like this actor. Um, and the fact that he's in also amazing television, or at least a popular, high br- um, a popular, you know, sort of rated RTV like Westworld and so forth. He's had a lot of exposure in different media, on both film and television. He's been acting forever, was- but he's not a guy who does a million movies. He picks his project very car- projects very carefully. He's also Shakespearean, though. He's done Hamlet. Um, and, and a bunch of other stuff, um, and so. But he's also been in, you know, James Bond, and uh, you know, a lot of like big, big time um, films. Source Code, uh, which is a big favorite of mine. Um, he's been on Broadway. He's he's done it all. He's amazing. You know, the main reason why I'm excited about this casting, other than just Jeffrey Wright being cool, but I'm gonna wait on that. So I'll throw it back to you. Um, if you Well, you know.
0: what I was gonna say is I was surprised that um, DC got Jeffrey Wright because. You know, as we know, of in Comic-Con, we found out he was going to be playing The Watcher in the What If series. So I thought, uh, Marvel's got him. He's not going to be in the, in, in DC projects. So that's mm-hmm. it for his comic book projects. But then when this came out of Left Field, I'm like, ah, oh, that's interesting. You know, cause I honestly thought that he was going to be in the MCU movies for sure.
1: I actually have an MCU connection that's news related, but directly related to this, if that's okay. Um, that's fine. which is, you know, Disney confirmed what we thought, which is that they're going to be throwing hundred to 150 million bucks at these mini series of MCU on TV. I'm sure the Mandalorian is probably more than 150 million. Um, you know, the star Wars have at least as much money and even WandaVision, which it seemed like was going to be mostly just a drama. They said it starts like a crazy, weird drama, but they said it's going to get action-y more quickly and more intensely than people think. I'm starting to think she's going to go crazy in WandaVision, and she's going to fight Stephen Strange and Doctor Strange. I think she's going to be an all-out bad guy um, by the end of Doctor Strange, based based on what we're hearing. Um, and they've told Elizabeth Olsen basically the entire plan. She's the only one who knows. That's not like Kevin Feige and the writers and directors. But, dude, I said this to you on the podcast, and I said this to Alistair, which is... Whether you like the CW, and we're going to talk about Batwoman a little bit later, perhaps. Uh, no, I want to mention Batwoman, at least briefly, for a number of reasons um, that are connected to Batman. Um, you might like the CW, you might not. You might like the streaming shows. You might like Pennyworth. You might like Gotham. All the shows. But you know what those shows all have in common? Is very low budgets. And throwing Supergirl off of CBS to CW, arguably the show got a lot better but the budget went way, way down they still do amazing things and i said to alistair in particular man i said you might not think that the mcu and star wars coming to television via streaming service is is a major threat to dc and maybe you prefer the dc style and you know throwing money at things does not necessarily mean quality but it is a big problem because now we're getting mcu and star wars money and we're getting their directors and their writers and their executive producers and their casting directors right so like you know the mcu movies and star wars are so great at casting you know secondary and tertiary characters in addition to the lead characters whereas like the dc shows in my opinion but also like agents of shield and stuff like that you know like low budget comic book shows on tv sometimes have problems with with casting outside the main characters um and definitely writing problems that's not going to happen with the mcu and now they're throwing 150 million and so dude I know Alistair, you know, you and Alistair are both very high on the DC streaming service. That's great. They should keep expanding it. Um, and, you know... Alistair seems to think that despite Wonder Woman Aquaman doing so well, you know, DC Films is in major trouble. Despite my bitching about Birds of Prey, because of Wonder Woman Aquaman, and I think all these Batman movies are going to be great, if they get that big three going, you know, that's a... uh, Justice League... The new Justice League will be spectacular for the next version of Justice League, plus all those characters. We're going to get to some of the Batman characters, man, uh, for sure, as well. But what I'm saying is... I don't want DC to give up on film. In fact, the fact that Marvel and Star Wars are immediately going to pose a major TV challenge to them is even more reason for DC to invest in rated R or hard PG-13 movies. Even though I don't like Suicide Squad, Birds of Prayer, the Joker, doing darker movies while Marvel keeps doing the popcorn-y stuff with Captain Marvel and Doctor Strange... I think DC needs to do it, and they, uh, look, it was smart that they only threw 50 million at the Joker. I don't know what they're spending 100 million on other than Margot Robbie's costumes and makeup with Birds of Prey. So there's gonna be some fireworks in Birds of Prey that we're just not being shown. 100 million is is a Tomb Raider budget, and that movie has some great special effects, even though I didn't love it, but, you know. If, if if Marvel's throwing $150 million at their shows, DC, with Aquaman, Wonder Woman, and Batman in particular, dude, those need to be huge budget movies as well as great directors and writers. We already have the casting. Would you agree with me that DC Films needs to take this opportunity to actually step up their um, big screen game g- given developments in Marvel, Star Wars, and Disney, and so forth, if what I said made any sense?
0: Yeah, Yeah, I think so. I mean... I mean, for me, I think it's time to, time to dust off the Green Lantern prod stuff again. Like, you know, I honestly thought that they could have made, when they made that movie back in the day, they could have made it like, like Star Wars mm-hmm. or what Goran, or Goran the Galaxy should have been. But, you know, they got a director who had no idea how to do special effects and, uh, no idea how to do the space stuff. So it, it just kind of fell on its feet a little bit. So maybe with uh, a, now supposedly they are making a, the rumor is they are making a green lantern core type movie, but.
1: Oh, let's save that I for now. I you just mentioned yeah, space. But, we're talking about Batman. I have an interesting thing for you. Cause I saw an interview from a few years back with, uh, McConaughey and, um, uh, Anne and Hathaway, as uh, they were promoting Interstellar, uh, another Christopher Nolan movie, which most people don't love. I didn't love it when I first saw it, but on rewatches, I really love Interstellar. Uh, it's become one of my favorite Christopher Nolan movies. But, dude, The Dark Knight in 2008, $200 million budget, very good for it, 2008. Dark Knight Rises in uh, 2012 which was the same year as avengers had a 250 million dollar budget and you can tell when you see dark knight rises and it needed it because it was going up against the avengers which had that much money it ended up not making as much money but it still needed that budget interstellar dude two years later christopher nolan with anne hathaway and you know bringing people he had worked with before throwing mcconaughey not only did that very very long and very sciency movie make almost 700 million dollars it, quote, only had a production budget of $165 million. And you, so what I'm saying is, you, you know, Christopher Nolan and, and Matt Reeves, as, as sort of the next wave of Christopher Nolan, they don't need $300 million like BVS to make it look amazing. I would be concerned if the budget for Batman 2021 is $120 million, but I don't think they need to throw $300 million at, at, um, at it, especially if, if it's starting the Batverse um, but just for optics reasons, the budget at least needs to be 200 million. And even if it's mostly Detective Batman, which I'm psyched at, and we're going to talk about, it's one of the things we're most excited about. But nevertheless, with Batman, you need at least one or two huge action set pieces, especially during the reboot. Right. Right. So so my point is here is not that DC just needs to keep throwing money at things because Marvel is. The problem is it is actually working for Disney and Marvel to throw money at things because they're mostly making money, getting great reviews and great fan reception. And so if DC keeps shortchanging the TV shows... Um, because they're like, well, that's sort of our style is sort of campy and low key. That's fine. But with Wonder Woman, Aquaman and, and, and Batman, and, and for the record, I don't think this is going to be a problem, but at least with their big three or four movie properties, they need to be spending, you know, top dollar on it, you know, and getting the teams to to take advantage of that. I also think, and we'll discuss this when we talk about Batwoman and maybe Titans and stuff on TV. I do think they need to start throwing a little bit more more money at television, and I think they will because of the threat of Disney Plus And you know, for five ninety nine or six ninety nine a month, the insane amount of stuff people are are, are getting, they're gonna get some. They already have a record number of sign ups, and that's why they can throw one hundred, two hundred fifty million at these these shows. So Disney has to step up their game, but they definitely need to double down on Aquaman, the Aquaverse, the Wonder Woman verse, and the Batverse which we're going into. It seems like they're doing that, and I don't think Matt Reeves, you know, who did have very good budgets for the apes movies, would have agreed to this without total creative control, which it seems he has, and, you know, a- enough money to get done what 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 he, what he has to do.
0: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so with, with the Jeffrey Wright casting in the same day, we found out that Jonah Hill was in negotiation for a a villain mm-hmm. in the Batverse. So the rumor was either Penguin or Joker. So so with me and Bizzle, we're gonna do some uh fan casting who we would like to see maybe who it villains or something we would like to see. Jonah Hill possibly play.
1: Can I just point something out that I just noticed on IMDb here with Birds of Prey? I I can know I can't stop talking about it. So, look, sometimes they don't put it in order of the famous stars. But you know what? In the top of IMDb, they got Robbie, Winstead, Smollett Bell, and McGregor. Those are their four mains, right? Right. Ella J. Bosco. The Korean Filipino Cassandra Kane, who it seems more and more is not in the movie, is 20 spots down. She's below someone who's just called Hot Couple, Friend, Young Goon, Gauntlet Cop, and four blank entries of actors who don't even have names on IMDb. I mean, Cassandra Kane is, is going to be in maybe five minutes of the movie this is getting great for the bizzle like the less cassandra kane the better for me and and we're gonna get to with the jeffrey wright stuff i just had to share that i was looking for i'm like where is ella j bosco like she's not any oh my god she's 20 spots on like she's almost at the bottom of the imdb page i don't know what the hell they're thinking but again dude like Batman was going to have to reset things no matter what, and it's going to be in continuity this time, right, with the DC movie right. universe at least, unlike um, Dark Knight. Which you know, I, I don't want to take for granted that all of our listeners know that that's the case. This is not a Christian Bale, Chris Nolan situation. This is supposed to be part of the future with Gal Gadot, Amber Heard, Jason Momoa, and so forth. Correct.
0: Correct. Now, Bizzle, Now with. Jonah Hill possibly playing a villain. Go. What villain What villain do you think he could possibly play in the Bat universe? Or what villain would you like to see him play?
1: So, as I talked to my dad about, um, you know, Batman has the most and the coolest villains of any character in the history of history of comics. Like, as I've said, if you add up all of the X-Men major bad guys, it's not even close to the quality or number of Batman bad guys. So... Are you asking me for, like, one of the top 10 to 12? Or are you asking me to dig deeper, like Mothman?
0: like, 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 thinking of, like, with his, how he is, like, on screen and stuff. What villain do you think he could possibly play?
1: I would say the Penguin. Um i'm not a big riddler fan i know every movie people are trying to you know oh jesse eisenberg should have been the riddler or oh you know like they were going to cast leo as the riddler and dark knight rises before bane you know riddler always comes up i don't like riddler to me he's annoying video games and elsewhere he's one of my less popular my, my less favorite ones and you could totally do the way they portray um what's penguin's real name i always forget Oswald Cobblepot. Cobblepot. Um, The sort of the the. I mean, let's put it this way. In the Telltale Games, Cobblepot is straight up a stud. He's a great looking guy. Um, And when Jonah Hill is fit, um, you uh, let's put it this way. Jonah Hill's a good looking kid when he's fit but he's he's still attractive to look at to audiences when he's fat. He's famous either way, but people prefer him a little chubby, so you could split the difference. He doesn't have to be Danny DeVito, but he also doesn't have to be emaciated, you know, or super skinny at Jonah Hell like we see occasionally. So a little bit of weight, but still good-looking. You know, have him play it like he thinks he's more good-looking than he is kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, have that bit of vanity um, as part of his charm slash the th- thing they sort of love or sort of annoyed by at the same time. I don't know. I, I think Cobblepot... I, I've seen so many interesting um, uh, uh, portrayals of Cobblepot, not just physically but in terms of the relation um, to Batman. And again, going to the Telltale series, you know, how much Cobblepot knows about the Waynes and threatening threatening to expose them would be a great way in this sort of new origin story or, or, or whatever. Um, what do you think of that idea? And then, of course, I want to hear your, your ideas.
0: Like, uh, yeah, I, I think it's due that we get Kyle Pot back on the big screen. I mean, the 92 one was pretty good, but that was before we got like what they really did, how they revamped him in the comics where now he's a he's a man who owns a club called the Iceberg Lounge, which he uses for his criminal intent. And also, you know, it's like a Lex thing where he it's a club, but also where he does his secret, you know, dealings of other criminals and stuff. Mm. So, so if, if we put that into the new Penguin, you know, because we also got a little bit of ice Lounge there there in, uh, in the Arkham City games because that's where we meet him when you're, I think you're Catwoman or Batman. I forget which one you are because you can play as both in the game. But that's where you meet the Penguin in the uh, game. So if we do some of that, that would be pretty neat, but I could see him. I could see Jonah Hill on a few things. Penguin for sure. I've been thinking maybe even calendar man from the, uh, from the, uh, Halloween, the less Halloween long or, or Halloween. long
1: Halloween, which I'm reading right now. Yeah. With calendar man. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cause I could see him just Batman going over there and figuring out, asking him about, you know, the certain crimes on certain dates. Cause He's his whole thing is about tacking tacking Gotham on holidays, you know. He he tax people on Christmas, New Year's, uh, Thanksgiving, Halloween. You know, it's kind of his thing. So, absolutely. I, I, I mean, if 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 he, I mean, I would love to see him maybe as you know calendar man because then he can make it his own and and. And it'd be the first time we, you know, get, you know, the calendar man in live action on the big screen. So,
1: so my my main argument against that, or someone of that sort of level, is for the first movie in particular, it's a little. I mean, even you know, even in Batman Begins, Killian Murphy as Doctor Crane. That's a that's a prime Batman animated series villain. People like me. You know, casual Batman fans know who the scarecrow is, and you add Raz Al Ghul on top of that. So you're two very recognizable villains. You know, they tried to have Lex Luthor and what was the horrible CGI character in BVS? Doomsday. Doomsday, but Doomsday is well known by people in DC Comics. You know, Ares, obviously, with Wonder Woman, was the obvious first villain. Um, Obviously, Zod in Man of Steel um you know i don't love most of these movies other than wonder woman but the point is they picked pretty iconic bad guys for the first movies of each of these you know characters or series i'm not saying you do another joke or hell no and i would be fine with riddler if with someone as brilliant comedically as jonah hill um but i would rather see someone like cobblepot who's sort of funny on purpose sometimes but also you know funny by accident you know a uh, uh, it, it like doesn't even realize that he's being silly or embarrassing himself I, I mean jonah hill is a good enough actor at this point comedically and dramatically to pull off i just find copepa has a lot of dimensionality in the various portrayals and people know who he is and they could do little they wouldn't even need to call him the penguin for the mainstream audience but they could do little signs they give him a hat or the or the cane or the something you know like some visual like, like i said They have not referred to the Scarlet Witch once as the Scarlet Witch in any of the movies. They've called her the witch a couple times. And as far as I know, Black Widow, maybe in Iron Man 2, but in all the good movies with Black Widow, I don't think they've ever called Black Widow, Black Widow and so calling the black widow movie black widow is like the first time it's official they list they always put an imdb that way my point being you don't need i am iron man or you know ant man being like i believe this is yours captain america you know like some of the characters it's great to say their names over and over again batman is one of them but i don't think you need to with a people will know he doesn't have to be called the penguin at least not at first um so give me some ones uh, here's the challenge: Give me some ones who are recognizable, at least to casual fans, if not like non-fans, but to casual fans and bigger fans. But doesn't have to be one of the big ones, and isn't one we've seen a ton of. Let's say, let's say one we haven't seen more than one or two max major portrayals of, at least in the films. Give me one or two at least.
0: Well, if I remember correctly, Harry, we're going to get like a probably close to five or six villains in this because this is going to be a a mystery movie so i have heard rumblings of possibly the mad hatter might be in this this film possibly if you remember him from the game he's the he's the one who's who's always after girls to are named alice
1: so is it isn't cobblepot though also from from big money Yes. So, look, Cobblepot is the anti-Bruce Wayne. He's also from Big Money, and he thinks he's the man. Like, let's put it this way. Cobblepot is actually what the average person thinks Bruce Wayne is, which is just a spoiled brat who ran into a lot of money, who acts like a spoiled brat. In Bruce Wayne's case, it's to keep his cover. But in some of the portrayals, at least a Cobblepot, he actually acts like the kid who inherited stuff and thinks he's great and I think Jonah Hill would, would nail that plus you would get the, the direct mirroring of you know the the actual Bruce Wayne and sort of the you know the the main um, the common person's view of people like Bruce Wayne and Pot and Gotham and dude with the 99% thing which is still a thing in this country even though we don't use that as words you know the economic divide growing it would be really interesting to have that you know the two old money guys but one of them's you know risking his life every night to save everyone and the other one's just you know strutting around um, with with sort of plans here or there i also think there's going to be more than one villain i'm not saying it's going to be like a suicide squad or like a team-up situation but i would be surprised if, if they don't have multiple villains even if jonah Hill's the main one in, in the first movie i don't know what you think about that
0: you know, like like any batman vi- like like comic like the rogues gallery or his supporting cast right. sometimes as villains because like it's going to be a mystery so He's going to probably go and investigate some villains and stuff and figure out, you know, ask them questions and stuff. So you might maybe get some cameos or they might be in one movie and then have a bigger role maybe in the next movie or something. Mm. You never know. Because, mm-hmm. you know, because knowing Matt he probably has a trilogy plan. So,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, so I'm thinking so I, I've had heard the Mad Hatter. um. I'm here hearing Two Face or Firefly. I don't know which one is going where,
2: because
0: mm-hmm. I really, I really do want Firefly in the Suicide Squad,
2: mm-hmm. either
0: as villain or like Teethy. So,
2: yep. So
1: yep. I mean, you know, again, looking at early movies, I mean, Spider-Man Spiderman's just crazy villains, Green Goblin and stuff. So Doc Ock, they don't even try and hide it. But remember with X Men, you know. They did move into calling Magneto, Magneto, but they slipped it in pretty nicely after the first movie or two. He was definitely Eric Lenscher for, for at least a good chunk of X1. Um, I don't m- remember exactly the moment in X1, X2 or whatever where Magneto became a thing. But what I'm saying is, you know, other than Killian Murphy's a brilliant actor, and that's why he's in like every Christopher Nolan movie and is the star of Peaky Blinders playing Dr. Crane... Dr. Crane is known as Dr. Stephen Crane, like by me, as you see here, as well as much as he's a Scarecrow. Does that make sense? Just like Cobblepot can be Cobblepot as well as Penguin. My problem with the Riddler and the Mad Hatter is they're mostly known by their goofy names and goofy Activities, but on the other hand, dude, in support of uh, uh, Riddler or Matt Hatter or whatever, is that they could do a totally new spin on it and even surprise hardcore fans who might not be sure what's going on. It, it, like, you could give them new names, even if they're just aliases to throw people off. Whereas, yeah. you know, if Jonah Hill is listed as Cobblepot, like, you know, the fans will know where that is. So I, I could see it going that way for sure, but they would, and it would work best as a misdirect for, for people not knowing exactly who they are. It's also a possible dude that the you know they they you know how like ant-man is a mix of scott lang and hank pym and tony stark in the movies you know what i mean like, uh, it, yeah. like you could sort of do a conglomeration but people tend to get pretty you know uh, uh, defensive with ba- the the lore of batman i don't think they're going to do that you know that again e- even people who didn't despise jesse eisenberg like me um, in Batman v Superman, I did not despise him, but he clearly was not cast correctly, or I should say, written correctly for Lex Luthor. Um, and and so y- you know, so I, again, I would like to see a complicated A level villain with a new portrayal, like Cobblepot, or like what you're saying, someone a little bit wackier that ultimately will reveal themselves for the great Batman villain that they are, but sort of sneaks up on you, where you knew Doctor Crane, even if you didn't know what Doctor Crane's name is, he was so creepy and using hallucinogenics You're watching Batman Begins, you're like, okay this is Scarecrow, right? So I'd want them to hide that a little bit more. I don't know if that made sense. Yeah, well,
0: I know in this, the TV show Gotham, they just kept calling Mad Hatter Tetch all the time because they never called Mad Hatter in the show once. So that, that could work if they don't want to call him Mad Hatter, they could just call him Tetch.
1: Yep, although you can go too far, like with Legion TV show, <laughs> where it really had ended up having zero connection not only like in terms of continuity with the X-Men but it wasn't even like a recognizable relatable X-Men character like character like to me you know agents of shield had to use the inhumans because they didn't have the X-Men but the way you know sky or daisy operated quake and so forth was clearly the way mutants operate you know inhumans are the poor man's X-Men as we've talked about um, and, 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 but but Matt Reeves is going to have access to everything. Um, I do want to yeah. point out really quickly, dude, Matt Reeves is the writer and director. I want to compare him to two people, Joss Whedon and Christopher Nolan. In all cases, those, those directors had done successful genre films before getting those roles. They were easily recognizable as up-and-coming talents. Now, Christopher Nolan didn't do television, but Joss Whedon you know originally got got his chops and his fame with buffy you know even well before firefly and i did not know this and it's not a show i would watch but my sister loved it the the executive producer and one of the main writers on the show felicity from 98 to 2002 which was very popular it was matt reeves and you might go okay how does that relate to batman well guess what guys the russo brothers came from community on nbc and then they did the Captain America, the Winter Soldier, which was the most violent and dark and serious MCU movie up to that point. And still, I would argue, until today. And they came from community. Um, now, of course, their biggest influences are Dark Knight and Empire Strikes Back, which they openly talk about. And you can tell if you watch the Winter Soldier. Um, but what I'm saying is, you know, Reeves has e- even more film cachet, in terms of success, than either Nolan or Whedon did when when Nolan started Batman movies and Whedon started the Avengers movies. Now Whedon had been around for a while, and the Firefly phenomenon in, in Buffy's you know the thing about Whedon shows is the good ones like Buffy and Firefly continue to be more and more popular or just as popular over time. Um, and he did you know had done a couple cool movies, but Whedon was not a big film director uh, outside of Serenity but you could already see the talent there you know J.J. Abrams too comes from television and has now done a bunch of amazing things so I just wanted to point out that Reeves has that combination of TV experience which you see in a lot of these great directors and is also a writer director the way Whedon uh, and Chris Nolan are as well as James Gunn for example um, you know who's also dabbled in different things so the more I learn about Reeves the more excited I am Um I didn't mean to cut the villain thing off there, but it just made me th- excited to think about what a guy like this can do with any of these characters.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it's gonna be amazing what they do, because I mean I did he- you know, I I hear what, what the rumor villains are, which Okay, so let's go to
1: rumored villains and, and, and you can tell me what you think. So go for it.
0: Well obviously Penguin. Uh r- one of them we is rumor, but we're gonna there's one our rumor one, but we'll save that one for later. Okay. All right. Um, I heard uh, possibly, possibly, maybe Ridwar, which I know how you feel about Ridwar. So
1: no, I, I don't know. Yes. My I actually, I I would be fine. I just don't think it's a good pairing. I I think Jesse Eisenberg was the guy, and, and you know and, yeah, they didn't yeah, do it. Yeah, I, I just. I'm just I just don't know
0: how I feel about Penguin and Ridward being a Bat movie after teaming up in like in most of most of the most of the seasons of Gotham. So that's, yeah. that's how I feel.
1: Yeah, again, I would go for the very specific kind of Playboy Cobblepot portrayal um, and just ignore all, all you know all the other versions we've seen. But yeah, I guess he's been a little overexposed in all the various media. I can see that. Yeah.
0: No, I'm just thinking because now we have another thing with Penguin and Riddler together after we just saw them yeah. together for like five seasons of a TV show.
1: Right. But so. again, again, 95% of Americans, you say the Penguin in Batman, they think Danny DeVito and Batman Returns. So you may have played all the yeah. games, read all the comic books, seen all the TV shows, but Gotham does not have a big audience. You know, no, the, the I, Batman. guy yeah, ba- no no but but this is important this is very important because he may be overexposed to you in a lot of media He may even be a little overexposed to me but to the average person who likes going to Batman movies but doesn't follow DC comics, you do the cobblepot that I'm describing. The, the 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 suave spoiled annoying but hilarious playboy to me or Bruce Wayne that we get in, in Telltale and maybe some other portrayals that would work with the mainstream audience because they they would be sort of productively confused even once they figure out that it's the guy who's supposed to be the Penguin because it's not what they're expecting as the cartoonish you know Danny DeVito who was like almost too perfectly cast in a way you know what I mean yeah
0: well I also feel like Gotham kind of pulls from it like. Like after the actor that plays um, Robin or War- taylor does a pretty good job at doing the comic book Penguin mixed with the Dan DeVito Penguin. So, yeah. So, well, I mean, we'll see what happens with that, but yeah. But another villain that I heard of rumors of, of course, is uh, possibly maybe Two-Face might show up in this, which, of course, has me excited because he's one of my uh, favorite Batman villains that – name that isn't joker so
1: yeah my argument for that is exactly my argument why i didn't want a joaquin phoenix joker movie which is you know to a lesser but still great extent aaron eckhart as harvey Dent, 2 Face, a spectacular in the dark knight um you know the two Face and the joker in the dark knight are two of the best movie bad guys ever and now they've already redone the joker and they redone 2 Face. It's giving off the wrong signal, man. Like, they don't have a lot of villains in Batman. They have so many villains. Like, let's get away from the ones we've already seen over and over again. The thing with
0: Two-Face that they haven't yet explored in the movies that I would love them to do is sometimes you see in the cartoons where Harvey and Two-Face argue back and forth with each other, which I would love them to maybe do in the movies where he has an argument. With himself,
1: Which, by the way, is another reason they're having Andy Serkis do Venom. Because Venom is a Gollum-esque creature, you know? I mean, the scenes of Gollum and Smeagol talking to each other in The Two Towers are like some of the best movie scenes of all time. And it's all film tricks, and it's all Andy Serkis. And I remember watching the Venom trailers and being like, I'm still disgusted by this physically, and I probably won't see it, even though I love Tom Hardy. But I didn't realize the whole sort of Gollum-y thing of internal conflict that's going on. And I do tend to like those characters, and so I would be very open to that. And so if we get a Two-Face that's not physically Two-Faced, at least not yet... But 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 you know has that inner thing going on, and they make it very dark and, and trippy, especially if it's a dark PG thirteen or rated R movie where they could really do psychological terror type stuff. Matt Reeves could totally pull that off, and again, playing off Pattinson's very deep, sensitive, smart character would be, would be interesting and would actually make him feel somewhat bad for for Harvey the way you know Christian Bale's Bruce Wayne feels bad for Harvey to a certain extent and doesn't want to kill him, but has to in the dark night, right?
0: Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, and you can call back a little bit to Batman, the Animate series where he will, he basically, his mission with Harvey is he doesn't want to, you know, hurt him or anything. He wants to find a cure for him and try to cure him, try to cure him of two face and try to get rid of him. Um, forever. Basically.
1: Um, you just made a spectacular argument that I wasn't prepared for. I was going to say, he's no way I want Two-Face, again, again this close to Dark Knight, like we got the Joker. You made a great argument, but again, I would not want him to get the physical, full-on, cartoonish Two-Face as good as it looked in the Dark Knight, and it holds up. Those those effects look amazing. Um, I, yeah, I would want it to be more of the internal psychological thing, and that would be way more interesting, right? I mean... You know, it's it's the same way in Planet of the Apes that, you know, you, you have to come to the realization about the complex moral situations and you stop seeing the apes kind of as apes after a while. Right. They're just, you know, they're so human and they're so smart. Um, and so Harvey Dent with a two faced personality, I'm in. But with you know, giving him the conveniently the face in the fire splitting right down the middle, and giving him the convenient Two Face that we have in the animated series, the video games, and the Dark Knight, I would not necessarily want to see that. But you just made a great argument for it, so I'm I'm sold in I'm sold in principle to be open minded about it. I yeah. just think Batman well, has so all, many great villains.
0: They also, they also could do the thing where they did in the Telltale games is once he got hit with the, with the, with the stuff that Two Face, he puts. He puts, like, a mask over his other face to try to hide that he's actually Two-Face. In the right, imagine
1: if, in his mind, like, imagine... And this is going to come into play uh, when I... Okay, so one thing I want to talk about... Look, is going to come up. We teased it in the stinger. is going to come up. But also, Batgirl and Batman having inner monologues, comic book style as a big part of the movie, talking to themselves and us being in their brains. I would love if they also do that with the bad guy. What I'm saying is we could see two faces two face whenever we're in Harvey Dent's brain other people might not necessarily see it but that's how he sees himself the way that Gollum and Smeagol do look slightly different especially when they're arguing with each other you know Gollum has huge eyes and bigger teeth and stuff like that Smeagol you know it looks a little bit more human and the way he emotes and stuff like that like that that sort of psychological thing in short sure, maybe by the end of the movie or movie two you give them the actual two-faced thing but to me what's interesting about two-faced is what you described is the psychological side of the whole guy and they pulled it off pretty well in the dark night but you know I I, 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 I would want it to be more subtle and psychological. Um, so let's move on. Do you have, do you have any others
0: um I might I think we might want to move I'm gonna move on to the one that I was teasing
2: mm-hmm.
0: which is which is as we know Catwoman might end up in this movie so so now there was something we talked about and teased that we want to talk about a certain list that came out about the potential people that might be playing that certain cat woman.
1: People, if you think Elizabeth Olsen, Tessa Thompson, Lupita Nyong'o, um, Letitia Wright, who plays Shuri, Haley Steinfeld, who um, is getting closer to signing. I think if you think any of these young women of the Marvel new female Avengers for phase four five and six, are doing DC movies. You are crazy. There's a much better chance of Gal Gadot coming to the Marvel Cinematic Universe than anyone going the other way from Marvel. So I'm going to clamp down on those rumors Immediately. There's no way Tessa Thompson, who's already a fan favorite as Valkyrie and will be Thor. I know Natalie Portman is female Thor for this movie, but Jane Foster and Thor are gonna ride off into the sunset, sunset, and Tessa's still gonna be the king of Asgard as Valkyrie. Um, and, you know, Lupita Nyongo, she's not gonna be in Black Panther. Like, her and Chadwick Boseman might only be in a couple more Black Panther movies, cause they're definitely gonna hand it over to Shuri, like in the comics, and Letitia Wright's a lot younger, and everyone loves Shuri, so they'll make Shuri the Black Panther. You know, but that's not happening for at least five years because Black Panther, the earliest Black Panther 2 is coming out is 2022, um, and that's definitely going to have Lupita in it. So I'm sorry, dude. Anyone who has a ma- young woman who has a major MCU movie is not going to be in any DC movie, which is exactly why they should have signed Haley Steinfeld to literally any role, literally anything. I mean, they, they should have thrown money at Haley Steinfeld. She's the one that's left, and they fucked it up. I'm, fine, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll stop. So, you can read the list, but I'm immediately dismissing Tessa Lupita or anyone in the MCU or long-term with Star Wars. I mean, look, Daisy Ridley has a much better chance, uh, because she'll be done with Star Wars in a few months.
0: Yeah, so, again, you know, th- these are like, who they... who who is in the running for, it, and usually... Usually, whoever's in the running for it doesn't end up in the role of Catwoman. So sometimes it's usually somebody out of the ballpark. Because I remember Christian Bale wasn't even in the list that they released for uh, for Batman when they first announced it. So I mean, you know,
1: there's a million reasons why Dark Knight Rises is way better than people think, and it got actually good reviews, good audience reception at the time. And made a lot of money despite going up against the Avengers, which changed film forever. But, you know, in her 25 to 30 minutes on screen, Anne Hathaway was spectacular um and you know i mean in the way by the time you know she's meryl streep's age she's gonna have won as many awards and nominated as many awards as meryl streep she's that good of an actress and she killed it being hilarious as selena kyle did all the action stuff great that she was called to do she looked great in the cast suit of course she's gorgeous you know, so I, I think our ideas of casting a young woman of color who's known like Scott or Zendaya, but not as, you know, like huge Academy Award winning like Lupita or someone like that, or a white woman, you know, like Anne Hathaway's level I would go younger person of color probably and someone who has a little decent good recognizability but isn't a massive massive star Um, because again this you know Pattinson is well known but this is the reboot of his career so you can't be casting tons of people more famous than him with Christian Bale you could cast a ton of famous people because he was already famous and considered one of the best actors in 2005 by the time 2012 rolled around he's up there with Daniel Day-Lewis in, at least he is now in my book um, so do, does that make sense um, so I think they cast yeah. a lot of well known but not super famous people as both good guys and bad guys and that's the reason for Jeffrey Wright over someone like J.K. Simmons who is extremely famous because he's in everything um, and, and that's why Jeffrey Wright's a great casting
0: alright so want me to break down this list go ahead alright so obviously you know Youngo, of Thompson. Nope. Nope. Now there's one that actually may happen. Maybe the Dark Phoenix star Alexandra Ship, who just played. Uh, oh yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: And now that that franchise has uh, finished and into a reboot,
1: maybe, so. maybe it's possible some of them are going to survive the House of M and the Scarlet Witch. I mean, Sophie Turner. You know, I mean, I don't know what happens at the end of Dark Phoenix, so I can't speak to her. She's still a huge star from Game of Thrones and a spectacular actress. Um, Alexander Ship, to me, it has potential, but is really unknown. You know, to me, Zendaya and Naomi Scott are just a little older, more established credibility to me the zendaya is the perfect casting she's got the look she's got the lithe body she's got the sexiness but the sort of craziness the same time to me zendaya is the perfect casting for this role alexander ship's a little unknown but if ship if they think ship has a or a plus potential talent and she's just really really young because she's maybe the youngest of even the young x-men i think in real life um even more than young scott summers and and and, um who played kurt uh nightcrawler um so if if they they, look at let's put it this way if they think ship has a ceiling at or near zendaya naomi scott and people like that then i I would i would be down um she's a little bit too young again you know as i said i think they're going to cast young for catwoman but, you know, Scott and Zendaya as six to six seven years younger than Pattinson seems to make more sense than like 12 to 13 years younger, which is almost weird because like she's like not even at a college age at this point. So that that would be the only reason I'd strike it down. Um, But, you know, she seems to have potential. She was in Apocalypse. She was not particularly memorable as a Storm, but that was not her fault. So, um. And let me put it this way. The chances of her over Tessa and Lupita is a thousand times more likely. So, sure. Why not? I'll, I'll allow that. Keep going.
0: And we have one called from uh, Dear White People, Logan Browning.
1: Hmm.
2: Uh, I
0: guess Netflix thing, maybe. It's called Dear White I People. Remember I remember the
1: property. Um, let me see. Okay, so that's the lead yep. of the show. Okay. Um let's see. Logan Browning, Samantha White. Uh 1989, which makes her 30. So that's the perfect age. Um Let's see, Dear White People, Perfection, Powers, Better or Worse, Power of kings. Here's the problem. She's a career TV actor, and other than Dear White People, which was pretty acclaimed over the three years, none of these shows are particularly good or well-known, and she's a career TV actress. Doesn't mean she can't make the jump, but usually by age 30, women who are becoming film stars are becoming film stars. But you know what? This will be a perfect jump, and she's a hot property because of Dear White People. So yeah, sure. In the great age, 30 yeah, years old.
0: I, I mean, I mean, I mean... I mean, I mean, a TV actor can jump into movies nowadays. I mean, look at Chris Pratt; he was on a yep. acclaimed TV show, and now he's Star Wars.
1: I know, but as I told you last time, men don't tend to hit their prime in general until their early thirties, whereas women start hitting their prime in their early to mid twenties. Um, And again, while Winstead and Smollett Bell seem like great castings in Birds of Prey, the fact that we've seen almost none of them, and they look like almost peripheral characters, they're already in their early 30s, they're going to go back to doing indie films and getting awards, and that's great. But in terms of being stars, usually by the time you're 30 and you're this attractive... Um, you, you know, and good of an actress as it seems Logan Browning is, you know, I, I would have, all I'm saying is I would have thought she would have done films at this point already, given how long she's acting her age, her, you know, her credibility, at least in recent um, years. And this could be the jump. This could be the jump.
0: Uh, oh, she, she is doing a movie. She is in uh Kung Fury two with Bass and Schwarzenegger. So, okay. So, that, so, she is in she's she is in movies apparently now, not anytime so.
1: soon because it's not on her IMDb page so
0: maybe they're filming or maybe they're out filming out now, so you got any more um no that's that's all I see for now so I mean is there like is there any uh, do you see any that you would that you think Yes, cat. I, really,
1: I, I don't really. I don't have a her. strong desire or need, especially again after Hathaway was so great. I mean, look—the last image of Bruce Wayne in in the Dark Knight trilogy is him and and Selena Kyle going off in the sunset together. So it's like that's why I don't want Tony Stark to be in the Black Widow movie. We just buried him, you know. Like it's a it's a prequel. <laughs> I understand that I'm just saying in terms of the optics of the audience, you know we've already had Michelle Pfeiffer. this is the Joker thing. We've already had Michelle Pfeiffer, who's classic and Anne Hathaway who was amazing and just spectacular actress. Um, I would let's put it this way I want to see Selena Kyle big time in this trilogy. I just think you tease her at most and I think someone like Ship. At her young age, this helps her because if they don't bring in Selena Kyle till 2023 with part two, by then she'll actually be into her early mid 20s, which I said is the prime, beginning of prime for women who are taking off to a new level and she can do some more work before then. So I actually think someone younger like that would make more sense. I just don't think we need Kyle in the first movie because. There's one woman that's not a romantic interest, that's very important to Batman, that we gotta see in the first movie, or the Bizzle's not gonna be happy, and, dude, as we heard in the stinger, when you told me that you're hearing stuff about Barbara Gordon, as I said to quote Hawkeye, don't give me hope, but, to be fair... Uh, in the same 48-hour period, I also heard this from the article by Mark Hughes from Forbes, who's a friend of a friend via podcasting, who is actually a great, great, great reporter. He actually called for uh, Reeves back in, I think, 2014. He, he sort of predicted slash said they should get Matt Reeves to do Batman, which was years before it happened. That was his top pick. And our mutual friend Sean Gerber, who does Marvel podcasts, um, and I've had some of his people on my podcast before. He predicted Chad McBozeman as the Black Panther like two years before it happened, famously, and then it happened. So these guys know what they're talking about. And so Mark Hughes mentioned it in passing, but if he's saying it's 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 it, 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 you know he's hearing stuff, and it's Mark Hughes, I trust the guy. The problem is, man, the conflicting news is. That, yes, is important, but will be considered important coming out of Birds of Prey. But with Cassandra Kane and this actress with almost nothing in Birds of Prey, why, why, why would they want to continue that per- person who's not even going to be in the movie, who they have to rescue, and is probably going to do zero ass-kicking to be your Barbara Gordon when you introduce Jeffrey Wright and you can put a red wig on. On an awesome young black woman. That's what they gotta do. They gotta do in the first movie. And, and, I know they say they're ruling out Nightwing and Robin. That would be stupid. You gotta at least tease a Nightwing or Robin and a Barbara Gordon in the first movie, certainly early in the second, is my opinion. I don't care. I'm not gonna make you give up your sources. Don't give me hope, like Hawkeye, man. Don't give me hope. I'm gonna keep going around killing bad guys all nihilistically because I don't believe in time travel until I have more uh, stuff to talk about. But way more than Selena Kyle and a love interest, Batgirl and Batman in the recent years have played off each other with you know with a Nightwing or Robin in the middle as well, so 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 well. Um, and with Gordon, you know, I mean, it's part of the, the, the 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 triumvirate. I I I I I think structurally to make this interesting, especially because I you know I really like uh, the uh, um the Batgirl uh uh Year One and Batgirl of Burnside and her... Brilliant but but perkiness and colorfulness is the perfect antidote to the fucking Zack Snyder version of Batman where everything is dour and everything is dark and there's no color and it it would be a great contrast where – you know how in Spider-Verse, man, one of the brilliant things into the Spider-Verse is – all the characters good and bad have different animation styles when it's there from their point of view. So like Kingpin's got his own animation style and you got anime with the anime girl and you got Batman noir and they go all noir with Nick Cage, you know, and so forth. That's what I would do with the main characters in this. Make Batman Batman Batman-y in in, like detective style, like I've been reading in Long Halloween, but make, you know, Batgirl kind of colorful, and then we can even hear stuff from her brain. I guess what I'm saying is, man, part of the reason I like DC Comics, but especially uh, Batverse characters like Batman and Batgirl, is a lot of the panels are thought bubbles, or, 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 you know, not even thought bubbles, but, you know, are, are, As I say with Batgirl, journaling their own lives in their heads and... I would love, if, especially during the investigatory parts, um, when, you know, w- when Pattinson's doing, like, his Sherlock stuff, or whatever, we hear him, you know, talk to himself in his head, or whatever, or, you know, have someone there to bounce ideas off of, and Barbara Gordon, most of the comics is her, because th- she's so neurotic, and has an eidetic memory, and she knows all, you know, she's speaking in Japan, Japanese, when she's in Japan, while she's thinking in English, and so forth, like, it's structurally, it works so well, and, Here's my big point, man, and I've said this on the podcast, so you can shut me down because you're Mr. Comics. As far as I know, outside of Batman, in the last few years, nobody has sold more comic books than Batgirl. Am I wrong about that? No. So, I, I, it, it, it's obvious. I mean, it's just obvious. You got to do it. You got a new Gordon, you got Batman, Batgirl. Dude, you put Batman and Batgirl, that's what, like seven concurrent comic books if you count everything that they star and guest in that's going on right now? I mean, it's like, it's so obvious. You already have a young female fan base, way more than Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman was maybe going to be a tough sell because she was kind of sexy, and were girls going to relate to her, and because Gal Gadot played a such innocent, naive, sweet, you know, girlish kind of personality, girls ended up really relating to her, um, you know, as beautiful as she is. But Barbara Gordon is like the way less disturbed, more lovable Jessica Jones. It's the perfect character for young women. It's so obvious. And you know, Matt Reeves knows what he's doing with his male and female characters, man. We've already seen it. Like I said, you did Felicity. Which is, you know, an extremely girly show, but was considered an excellent show when it was on. That was his first big project as a producer, writer, and director. He will nail Batgirl and to, so we don't have to get a Rachel Dawes who's just a girlfriend who we don't really ever get attached to, but have a female in Batman's life to keep his head up and to keep him on his toes, but also he needs her brains. Uh, Whether she's gone through Oracle or not, that's my spiel, man. And this is the this is my Bizzlecast thing. It's like me calling saying Ahsoka is going to be in live action sooner than later. No one believes me. It's like, do I want Ahsoka to be in live action? Because I'm a huge fan. Yes, but I also see it structurally in terms of the popularity and the how great those these characters fit into the universe. So do I want Barbara Gordon beckrow in the movies as soon as possible? Absolutely. But now I'm thrilled that they're waiting until you know Batman One or you know two maybe uh, it seems like. So you can talk about anything about what you've heard, what you think, what you think conceptually, but before you you, you tell me like sort of the nuts and bolts of it, is my general argument about how she fits perfectly into this new version of Batman. Do, does it make sense? And do you agree with it at all? Oh, I,
0: I, I agree. I mean, again, that this, this news coming out just gives me more and more indication about my, about my Batverse thing. I mean, on the first podcast, remember I, I kept saying, Oh, we're going to have a bat verse. And when people told me I was crazy, think that they're going to make it Bat first and now here we are they're they're doing Robin and Batgirl and now they're saying Nightman Night, Nightwing movie's being delayed and Batgirl's movie's being delayed because of Matt Reeves the Batman was I you, you think I was kidding? No, I think I'm pretty I, I I don't want to sound too confident but I think I was pretty right on that one I think. Well, so.
1: we've all been Many of us have suspected this for a number of years, but it was it was tempered by a few things. One was un- the unknown nature of Ben Affleck's future at every single moment. Then, of course, you know Wonder Woman and Aquaman; these giant, legendary, mythical creatures becoming so popular. You know, so then it seemed like you know the more not cosmic, but you know, le- you know, level ten, omega, you know, powered characters. And look, they have to run with Aquaman and Wonder Woman. I mean, those are going to make a billion to billion and a half a movie if they remain good. It seems like that's going to happen. They could keep the directors and the actors on the project. But it's also a way to, to do the bad first that doesn't have to exist at all I, I know that they're gonna film this like noir style, for sure, it seems like, which is what everybody wants with Detective Batman. I don't think they're gonna set it in the past. That's not really necessary. Because I would like to see him use some sort of toned down Tony Stark technology. Nothing like the Iron Man suit. But I'm talking about investigations. Like what you do, again, in the Telltale games and occasionally in the Arkham games, right? Like, you, like, doing more than just finding fingerprints off the ground. You, you know that great scene in The Dark Knight where he's, where they do the bullet testing in the, in the temporary bat cave, the white bat cave, um, to reconstruct the, the bullet. The only way they can do it is by, like, shooting bullets into solid rock over and over again. You remember that scene? Him and Alfred are there and they're wearing the, um, uh, you know the 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 um the earphones to protect their ears. You know what I'm talking about?
0: Yeah, the last movie, the last scene in the movie theater. Yes, I remember.
1: The last scene in the movie theater.
0: Uh, the, the loudest scene in the movie theater. It was the loudest.
1: Oh, the loudest! Right, 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 right. Which is what Christopher Nolan does. He just goes like Interstellar was so loud that was part of why people had trouble with that. Um, my point being, y- you you do stuff like that. And you just had a little bit of the holographic imagery in terms of some of his gadgets. The bad suit doesn't change. He's not flying around. But some of the just aesthetics that Joss Whedon and the Russos nailed so well with Iron Man in terms of, you know, like um like like but let's put it this way. You know how Tony Stark does stuff with technology when he's not in the suit? He always has like a little computer thing, you know? Like to check what's going on, or he steps out of the suit like at the beginning of Ultron and starts scanning the computers with Jarvis and so forth, but, plus connecting to a satellite, which, by the way, Bruce Wayne having a satellite, I mean, that you know, or access to a satellite makes sense. So what I'm saying is you could still go noir and low-tech in some places and have them deuce, but I don't want to see it in, in the past because I would like to see cool gadgets that aren't weapons or vehicles. I want to see cool detective gadgets you know and we've seen more of that with iron man than we have with batman who should have all the cool gadgets um so that'd be my argument and look we do want him to end up with the future justice league right it has to happen i I like justice league so we need them to be in the same time period
0: again you know as, as people know you know jj is now in wb so maybe we might get him maybe he might end up directing a future justice league movie we never know
1: well, J.J. is going to help with quality control. Oh, by the way, 10 Cloverfield Lane, yeah, Matt Reeves. So they've already worked together, Abrams and Reeves. Um, And on top of that, Reeves is just J.J.'s kind of guy. He doesn't have to coach Reeves at all. He's going to be coaching... Every- I mean, look, Petty Jenkins got Wonder Woman on lockdown. James Wan's got Aquaman on lockdown. Matt Reeves is going to have Batman on lockdown. I can't say that about Marvel. If the Russos are done and Whedon's not coming back... James Gunn, theoretically, is coming back for Guardians 3. Who knows when that's happening? They got Ryan Coogler for Black Panther, who's amazing. The Young Widow director sounds cool. We know nothing around her. Taika Waititi, obviously, doing Thor 2 is great. But, you know, they're big directors. Whedon, Gunn, and the Russos of the three we might see gun again and i didn't even like guardians 2 even though guardians 1 is one of my favorite and so other than ryan kugler with Black panther i'm saying dc's got the directors for the future and the three popular characters but they need to be nailing all these movies a is going to do it what i'm saying is they need to bring in more properties whether it's the flash or whatever and that's where jj abrams is going to be extremely Extremely Helpful, in my opinion. It is, yeah. you know, maintaining Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and Batman, and then adding to it slowly. Yep.
0: Now, let me go back to the uh, Batgirl Robin thing. So. Can I, I make have a bad verse
1: certain- com- uh, um, uh, commentary? Uh, not commentary. Uh, thing real quick. Just a comment. Sure. Which is. Sure, yeah. I'm going to just tease because I don't know if we're gonna have time to talk about Batwoman, which is about to happen with Ruby Rose, who by the way, has already been hospitalized and almost died once for doing stunts because. Like another vigilante who used to be awesome in the CW and does his own stunts, Stephen Amell as the Arrow, when he was running around killing people and doing all his own stunts. Now, for the first time since then, we have it with Ruby Rose. Initially, I was like, oh, Ruby Rose is so famous and she's film talent. But you know what? We already have tons of Batverse stuff for the movies. And seeding just the notion of the Batverse through Batwoman, who I think is going to save the CW by bringing it back to the dark tone of the early Arrow seasons, which is when it was best, in my opinion, um, and maybe even darker. And she's a much better actress than any of uh, Amel, for sure. You know, she's nominated already. She's film level quality and she's doing the physical stuff. And Batwoman is violent as shit in the comics that I've read and a badass. But we don't need all the Bat characters to be in the movie Batverse, but seeding people's interest in the Batverse through Batwoman. And by the way, I also don't want Batwoman and Batgirl to exist in the same time, at least at first, because it'll confuse people, and I want Barbara Gordon in the movies, so put Batwoman in the TV shows. So I'm excited for Ruby Rose, but do you see my overall connection here, which is like even though there's not going to be continuity necessarily between uh, the Batwoman show and CW and what's going on on screen, I think that's actually a good thing to get people interested in this notion of all these cool characters in the bad that they might not know about. Sorry, go ahead.
0: So, so I'm gonna yes. talk about who I think who I will want, you know, for for those two characters because we're getting Robin, not Nightwing. Robin in this in this uh, in this film possibly that's the rumor. So the one I, I really like to hear, which sounds pretty, which sounds like it would work, is Timothy might 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 make a pretty good Robin. I would think who. Because the call me by your name kid, he's also oh, a, yeah. gonna be in he's also gonna be in Dune.
1: <sighs> Don't get me started on Dune.
0: Okay. But <sighs> but but I mean I mean he has a really good chance because What's his name? most people Timothy Xiaomi.
1: Oh, oh he's playing Paul Atreides. Oh wow, he's a big deal. Okay, okay. I'm listening. Yeah. I'm listening. Yeah. So so most people, when they think of Robin,
0: they mostly think of Bert Ward from the 66 show. Not many people think of Chris O'Donnell. Donald
1: he's also almost 10 well. years younger than Pattinson, which works out well.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, the thing about Robin is he's kind of the character Batman, you know, puts his, like, thoughts off, off of, usually. Like, when, when he's trying to think about something, he usually bounces off his ideas off Robin usually when, you know, because, you know, Batgirl's not always there. Right, I was going to
1: say, the one-two punch of sort of the more personal stuff talking about with Robin and the more sort of like, is this crazy idea going to work, you brilliantness that's Barbara Gordon. And the fact that Batman can unburden himself to Robin and then Robin can unburden himself to Barbara Gordon is an amazing dynamic. Dude, I'm telling you, You do Pattinson with great Robin and Batgirl casting, these movies are going to absolutely slay. It's already going to slay, but you do an awesome Robin and Batgirl with those three together, you already have comedy. I mean, people don't know how funny Pattinson can be. Then you have to have a funny Batgirl. It's going to be great. It's going to be absolutely great. I agree Robin has to be in this. I would like to see more of the older brother-younger brother dynamic as opposed to the father-son thing that we see sometimes. And They have to do it because Pattinson's even though he's in his early thirties, he looks so young. You know, well, you can you can do the father or son thing, but he can't be a father Bat- to anybody. That's not like a three year old. He's way too young. Yeah. Well, can I think? Can I finish? Um,
0: instead of that, <laughs> and then with, with 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 her with him and Batgirl, you can do the brother sister relationship a little bit. You know, because you know he's you know it's like you know the sister sometimes. The brothers don't always see the sister, but when when he sees her, he tells her his, his feelings when he's feeling down or something. Sometimes because sometimes the father doesn't always have time to listen to that stuff. Sometimes
1: this kid was great in Homeland in the early seasons as the the as the spoiled son of um, the vice president. He also played. Um, uh, speaking of Christopher Nolan connection, played young Tom. You know Murph, the daughter. Um, who's we see with McConaughey, and then, you know, the older Murph played by Jessica Chastain. But the young Murph, Mackenzie Foy, I think was nominated for an Oscar or was close to being nominated as like a 12, 13 year old. Now she's a big, you know, Disney princess star. Um, Tom had a smaller role, but he was still very important as the, the, the older brother and the firstborn of McConaughey. Because, you know, McConaughey didn't want to go on the, let's, you know, McConaughey, what was great was McConaughey didn't want to leave his children, but he thought the best way to save them and their future was to go on the mission there's no one else that could do it so he's he's been I'm using Lady Bird as a major character I mean Paul Atreides dude this kid's this kid I mean the problem is if Dune is successful they're gonna have him locked up for at least one more movie uh, really two. because I don't want to spoil it we know Paul Atreides is in the second Dune book I don't want to spoil anything about the third Dune book but let's just say he will be in more than one Dune movie if it goes well
0: but remember, who is making Dune? WB. Yeah,
1: they're putting a lot. <laughs> oh, man. I, I hope so, it succeeds. So, it's one of so, my favorite properties. So yeah, going.
0: So if he's in the family or making Dune, they could easily snag him for Robin. I'm just saying. If you, if you get where I'm going with it.
1: I always forget Zendaya's Chani and Dune. Oh, my God. She's Paula Atreides' true love. So, Zendaya's also going to be in multiple Dune movies. Jason Momoa is in multiple Dune movies. Oscar Isaac, Josh Brolin, Javier Bardem, Dave Bautista. I mean, it's just telling Skarsgård, it's ridiculous. So, yeah, they've already got Jason Momoa and Zendaya in the Dune movies. Sure. Throw this kid into the mix. Yeah, he'll have time to do Robin. He's not going to want to do just Dune.
0: Yeah, and I mean... I I could say I was gonna say maybe design for Batgirl, but now that sounds like Spider Man is coming out the same year as the Batman. That may not be possible now because she's gonna be wrapped up in in Marvel Spider Man free, whatever. I'm not whatever saying that him.
1: I'm shipping Peter Parker and Kate Bishop already, but I'm kinda shipping Peter Parker and Kate Bishop. I think as much as MJ is a classic in today's world, Peter, Par- especially with someone so empowered, like Zendaya, it's not, they don't have good chemistry, but I think Peter Parker next love interest has to be an Avenger or a superhero so that they're on equal footing and he's not just saving her. And so I actually think they're going to phase out Zendaya, not because they don't love her, but hopefully they'll cast her in other stuff but Dune's a major role and if she gets one other major role plus indie stuff and she's not really doing it she's let's be honest her talent is being wasted as MJ the same way Kirsten Dunst's talent was being wasted as MJ and now Kirsten Dunst is back doing amazing TV and film properties these are great actresses you know and, and that's why they're making Natalie Portman the, the goddess of thunder because as Jane Foster they just didn't have enough for her to do and they, Natalie Portman is sick of being damsel in distress after the prequels when they wrote her so poorly increasingly as the prequels went along as damsel in distress, she doesn't want to be Jane Foster, damsel in distress. And so I guarantee Kevin Feige and and Taika Waititi called up Natalie Portman. They're like, look, you're still Jane Foster, but you're going to have the hammer and be the female Thor. Are you okay with that? Yeah. Okay. Zendaya, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I I won't say too much about her Dune character. She does do fighting because all the Fremen fight, and she is just very defensive of her, of her love, Paul Atreides. Um, but, you know, I could still see her in an even more kickass role as well. So, I don't think Spider-Man is is the problem. Especially because up until a week or two ago, it seemed like, you know, they were going to have to half-reboot Spider-Man, even if it was with Tom Holland. And Zendaya might just say, F you to Sony at that point. Now that it's come back to Marvel, maybe the equation's changed. Um, that was a long way of saying, I don't think Zendaya's career choices are going to be held up by being MJ in Spider-Man.
0: I, I, I get that, but I'm just saying, who you know? I don't know if they're filming around the same time or not. So, because of, you know, I, I'm saying she might control. not
1: even be the way Gwyneth Paltrow stopped being in Tony Stark movies for a while. I'm saying I don't. Not, I'm not sure Zendaya is going to be a major character even at all, other than being mentioned. Um, in the next Spider Man movie, she's got too much else going on. She got too much else going on to be, to be the love interest of Peter Parker. I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's 2019. We can't have our best actresses, especially when they're young and fit and athletic, we can't have them just be the love interest of the characters. Uh, you know, I mean, even in the Spider Man video game, they make Mary Jane way more active from, from what I've heard and seen.
0: Um, yeah, they make, they make her a
1: reporter. Right. But you even play her at one point, I think, right? As a character.
0: Yeah, that's that's what I heard. I haven't gotten that far
1: yet.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Um, are you, Are we done talking about Batgirl now?
1: Well, I think we've established that even more important than the villains, in my opinion, you've got to build your good guys. Even with Batman, you got to build your good guys before your villains. And, when, you know, again... Dark Knight is better than Dark Knight Rises, but overall, but there are some things that Dark Knight Rises does better. You know, one of them is having numerous great bad guys, but the other one is Batman has a teammate for the first time. And yes, him and Selena don't officially team up till halfway through, but seeing Batman with a teammate with Selena Kyle in Dark Knight Rises is glorious, because Batman almost never has teammates in the movies like that. So I would establish the good, you know, I would establish the Batco-Robin thing immediately, and then, honestly, it doesn't even matter who the bad guy is in the first one. In most of these first movies, whether it's the Chatari in the Avengers, whether it's Ronan, the Accuser, and Guardians of the Galaxy, or the Red Skull in Captain America, you can just have a straight-up, scary, old-school, one-dimensional bad guy to rally all the good guys together. And then in the later movies, you add Ego, or Ultron, or, you know, more complicated bad guys... You know, like, for example, Doctor Strange fighting Dormammu is cool. Doctor Strange fighting the uh, Scarlet Witch in the second movie is way cooler. And this is the problem X-Men is, is they started with the best X-Men villain in Magneto, and then they continue to have worse and worse villains, or just confusing villains in the X-Men. Uh, so I would actually... Maybe going back on what I said earlier when I was saying Kamel pot, yeah, maybe they go with just a straight up wacky, colorful, fun, one dimensional, one and a half dimensional bad guys in the first movie. I'd rather see them establish the good guy team, spend 80% of the movie establishing these new good guys in the Batverse, and then I don't really care who the. Who the bad guy is. And honestly, one of the great things about Batman Begins, which I think is a flawed movie more than a lot of people, including probably you, is has problems. But one of the things that does really well is it's not too much Scarecrow and it's not too much Ra's al Ghul. It's mostly yeah. the journey of Bruce Wayne and Batman. That's what I want to see here, but with the beginning of the team.
0: Yeah. And there's there's still some, there's still some ways to go, go yet. I mean, we don't even know who's playing Alfred. Now the kid that plays him on the show Pennyworth who actually that's not a put on accent that's actually how he really talks he really talks like Michael like a Michael Kane Alfred. My dad's a-
1: like. obsessed with the, uh, that guy. He thinks he's amazing. Yeah,
0: so yeah, so we'll have we'll have to see how what Matt Reeves wants to do for Alfred because I mean he could put his own twist on it. Like they did with Gordon. I mean, I I mean well, we now for what you want him to do like a traditional Alfred if, in this movie, or like a different type of Alfred in the movie?
1: I'd bring back Michael Caine. Honestly, he hasn't aged a day in the last thirty years. But since that's not probably going to happen, um, why why can't they bring back um, Ben Affleck's Alfred? He was great. Irons? Yeah,
0: yeah, um, yeah. I. Yeah, they could bring him at least have back, some continuity. Then,
1: yeah,
0: but I don't I I doubt it at this point cuz this is going to be a full on full reboot. So
1: Well, Alfred will surely not be a person of color because they don't want to have the servant be a, a black person. I can tell you that right now. Yeah, they're not going to do that. Yeah. But remember,
0: he's not just a servant.
1: He's his. I know that he's not just a servant. I'm just saying th- the optics of Mr. Wayne, Mr. Wayne. Here's your breakfast, Mr. Wayne. We don't need the help. We don't need Batman calling the help, right? So that's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I'm still like the one choice I heard that I, I agree with. That sounds pretty good. Is um, it, it's a Ian McKellen. A friend. No, not Ian McKellen. That's not the one I heard. It's it's a guy from uh, Game of Thrones called uh, I guess, guess they call him. the gay, Actor's name is I think Liam Cunningham uh, or something like that.
1: Charles Dance, who played uh, Tyrion Lannister.
0: Heard for Dance, which I actually wouldn't mind that either because
1: because he's I mean, kind of and, a darker personality, which would match up with this sort of more complicated portrayal. I wouldn't mind that. It, I mean, for me, I
0: would like them to. Like, you know, either that or something similar to, like, the Alfred they got on uh, Gotham, which was played by Sean Hurtley, which is more the Earth 1 Alfred where, like, he thinks – he tries to toughen him up to fight these criminals and doesn't think he's ready. And then he starts knocking his butt on the ground and starts, like, teaching him how to fight and stuff. So Hmm.
2: Hmm.
0: he's more like a more, like, militant kind of Alfred a little bit. So, I mean, if they could go either way, with what if they Alfred. go with a woman
1: like Helen Mirren? Yeah.
0: yeah, I've heard that one too. Um, one of the I forget who who was calling for that. I think it was the guy who wrote Sam and was writing for uh, the
1: one of guy today. Who wrote Sam Neil Gaiman's Legend Yeah, Fiction Legend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: He, Alan he Rickman,
1: rest in peace, would have been great. He's dead.
0: Like, like, like he he said that we need a, it, I think it's time for a woman, Alfred. So,
1: I mean, basically yeah. anyone in the Harry Potter movies, Emma Thompson or any of the men, I mean, just throw a dart at any of the Harry Potter uh, old yeah. teachers. Yeah. I mean,
0: i I mean, I did hear r- rumors that people wanted, uh, uh, Pierce Brosnan for Alfred, but yeah,
1: I was going to say if you're going younger, like Josh Brolin would work. Um,
0: but, but he has to have the, uh, I mean, I, I, the thing about Alfred is he has to be English because, you know, usually Alfred ends up working previously in, in MI six, so usually. So that that's kind of part of his backstory. You know. I'm just
1: seeing who's been in other Matt Reeves movies because he's, as a writer-director who's in charge of the franchise, he's going to start doing the Nolan thing. You know, Nolan loves Hathaway. He loves Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He loves Kelly Murphy. He loves Leo. I, if, he's going to start using some if, of the... Like, has, what about Woody Harrelson? Has, oh, Woody Harrelson! Yeah!
0: Well, I was, I was going to say, if he has time, that would be a good time you could you could cast Andy Circus. as I was going to
1: say Andy Circus would be Perfect! Perfect! Like, like the 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 good guy, less disturbed version of Ulysses Claw, but still with like a weird twinkle in his eye. It would be awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and and you know, you know how Alfred always gets on Bruce's case about stuff. So, I mean, you could see that. I could see that Alfred kind of like getting on his case about certain things. Yep. You know, he's kind of the father figure of Batman. So you need someone who can really bring those dramatic scenes and. Make them work really good. And I think Annie Circus would definitely work really good as an Alfred.
1: Can I give you my Lucius Fox?
0: Who's your Lucius Fox?
1: Denzel Washington. Or, I guess they can't use Will Smith. Yeah, Denzel.
0: Oh, I, was, I Well, I don't know if Marvel still used him or not, but I would love to see what they could do if they bring. Bing Rames in as uh, Lucius,
1: maybe. Of course. The, now that Gordon's black, Lucius doesn't necessarily have to be black. He could be anything.
0: Um, I, I would still keep him as.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I would too. Definitely a person of color. I'm just saying, you know, they're giving themselves room. It, it yeah, they've got choices. They got choices.
0: Yeah, I, I'm just saying that you could you could you could bring him Bing Rames. Um.
1: Nope, nope, no. Nope. He doesn't project or, enough or, intelligence. I'm not saying he's not smart, or, but he or, doesn't project um, intelligence.
0: Or uh, Ernie Hudson, maybe, because he is. No, I mean he is a little older, but I think he could still work. You know, Ernie Hudson from uh, uh, the Ghostbusters. I think movies. you
1: do a woman, You do Lucius Fox's daughter. Like you make what? Lucius Fox like almost retired and have. Like um,
0: or, or, or do you want that? Do you want them to do uh, like who played or do the you want to play Misty in-
1: Knight or something <laughs> like
0: that? Wait, wait. Let me let me. Uh, oh, sorry. Finish. Yeah, go ahead. Do you want or do you want them to just reference Lucius in the first movie yeah. and bring in his son Luke Fox?
1: Yeah, you read my mind. I'm not a priority in the first movie. Like I said, i mean, even Alfred's not a priority in terms of screen time. Priority in the first movie is getting the Bat team together. If you establish Robin, Batgirl. Robin slash Nightwing, Batgirl, and Batman, in the first movie—that's what all you need. Everything else will work. You got the director and your three main good guy actors. That's the thing. You needed Captain America and Tony Stark and Thor, right? You needed those three, and then, you know, and then characters like Black Widow and Hawkeye could start coming forward more as time goes on. But the big three need to be Batgirl, Grayson, and uh, or what, whoever, and um, and, and Batman. So, yeah. yeah.
0: I, I think they're going to go with Grayson because if they're playing the Nightwing movie on hold and the Batgirl movie on hold because of Matt Reeves' Batman movie, has has to be Grayson.
1: Yeah, I, I'm I'm going completely back on what I've said about, about Batgirl. I would rather see her be the one b co lead, um, like a Scarlett Johansson. Like if, I would love for her to be the Black Widow of the Batverse, essentially in terms of screen time role, but also the fact that she sneaks up with more and more great performances and longer roles. And then before you know it, she's a huge fan favorite if she's not already. And then you give her own movie. Um,
0: you know, as we know, according to rumor, this movie could tie into the Batgirl movie that they are planning. So
1: Christina Hodgson will not be writing the Batgirl movie like the flash. Which, it's also she won't be writing. I'm telling you now, man, it doesn't matter what happens with Birds of Prey. Christina Hansen's not going to do it. They're going to push it back. And they should. They should introduce these characters. I know in the past I've criticized, you know, them doing the BVS team up before the origin stories. It's undeniable if they had done a great Batman movie and done Wonder Woman before BVS, it would have probably done much better. Um, but now, because of the Batverse, they're all, it's like the X-Men. Like, you could start with the X-Men and then spin off Wolverine and whatever, because the X-Men are defined by that relationship. The Justice League and the comics don't spend that much time together if you count all the Justice League comic books, right? Versus all the solo comic books. The X-Men spend all their time together. And because the Batverse is sort of like X-Men in terms of, you know, they can be crossing over in with each other constantly. This is the time to introduce the characters in Batman, and then spin off the movies. Especially if you have someone of the age and rising talent as the guy who's playing Paul Atreides, who you put forward as Robin, as um as uh as Batgirl. Then they're the perfect age you know uh, and they they're, they're the one a one b m- main characters after pattinson and then boom their own movies and that's also what jj can help with having you know been a part of so many star wars movies over such a short period of time um spent you know having the anthology and saga movies going blah 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 um think of it sort of that way so i would doing um yeah i don't know so yeah okay so who's your top yeah, who's your top backroll choice Who would be your top back? Your dream back?
0: Like like, like I said,
1: I said Zendaya. Yeah, that's my dream. one too. Okay. We're on the same page. That's Zendaya. Yeah. Especially it would be weird, though, because that would mean her and and Paul Atreides will have been love interests, potentially in two movies. I guess that could work. I mean, you know, we see Felicity Jones and Eddie Redmayne in multiple romantic historical dramas together, so that could work. That could yeah, work. that could definitely work.
0: Yeah, so, so yeah, yeah. So that that's so. In conclusion, my uh, my choices for for Batgirl, Robin, and Alfred are Robin Timothy Choumain, Batgirl Zendaya, and Alfred the the CGI master himself, Andy Circus.
1: Awesome. Awesome. All are who uh, in, in Dune or Matt Reeves people already. <laughs> that would be great. Okay, man. Well, this was a great discussion. Um, I'm going to, I'm yep. going um, to let you have um, final word on the Batman movie. And I want to ask you very quickly about Batwoman. We'll wrap up. So final thoughts on the yep, Batman movie. Yep. yep. So Batman movie is going to be amazing. All right, buddy. Um, so we, we had wanted to talk about the video game or games, uh, comics, um, and we just talked off Mike for a couple minutes. I think we'll, th- you know, the next Batman podcast will be a little bit more nerdy, um, and wide ranging. In my brain, I'm thinking of it as Batman and other media, meaning not just on the big screen. That'll include comics, video games, and whatever. If that sounds good, um, but if you, yep. you, but feel free to tease that now if you would like any of that.
0: Yeah. So, as you know, the next podcast we may be talking about. There was a teaser that came out about a new Batman game, which may incorporate three factions of, of organizations going after Batman. And, now that, and as we learned of this week, Kevin Conroy is not voicing it. So we may get some new information by the next podcast. So I, I'm just, that one I'm very excited for. And maybe we might just talk about, you know video games in general because I, have, I haven't talked video games yet with you on the podcast yes. so that would be very exciting
1: yep um, and you know we've talked about Batman book club so the next Batman one you know next week we'll sort of talk generally about the comics and the games but you know I think for sure our first Batman book club which should be um, uh, I always want to say last Halloween it's not last Halloween well, that means the long Halloween. Long Halloween. Um, and maybe some related comics. But as I said off Mike dude, and I'm going to send it to you so you read it. I think Gail Simone, New 52, Volume 1 of Batgirl, Barbara Gordon, post Oracle, getting back on her feet and trying to figure out how to kick butt again and still be Oracle and get her life back together. Um, if you're willing to, to to read it, I think it's beautiful and brilliantly written, and it clearly, I think, will have bearing on what's going on with Batman. That would be my proposition for whatever the second uh, 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 comic book uh, book club thing would be. Um, at least something we can discuss.
0: <clears throat> yeah, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll we'll discuss it. I mean, I mean, I've, I, I still, I still think that they. There's going to be a lot of great comics to pull from because I still think this Matt Reese Batman movie will definitely be more common book based than possibly maybe even Nolan's, who knows? So
1: Yeah, I mean, look, Nolan specifically was doing a Nolan movie built around the Batman stuff, and they built Batman and Bruce Wayne around Christian Bale. This is definitely going to be m- m- much more deep-dive Batman nerdy. And I know way less about the material and even the movie than you, but I can tell you for sure with the younger director who's obsessed with Batman and a younger actor who's going to be devoting all of his 30s to playing this role, this isn't going to be the... Robert Pattinson movie where he happens to play Batman. I'm not saying that's what Christian Bale was, but it was clear they were sort of merging Christian Bale and Batman. Um, they're definitely going to draw from Pattinson's, you know, unique characteristics, but I think they are going to be, does that make more sense? Like, this is specifically going to be more of a Batman movie. And this was what I get into in the beginning. Like none we've other seen we've ever seen in terms of loyalty to to making a modern version of what's been great about Batman over the last eighty years. It, it, I don't know if that's what they're doing. I think that's what they're doing, and I hope that's what they're doing.
0: Yeah, that's what. That's what I'm really, really hoping for. So yes, yeah. So as you know, as we know, 2021 is going to be a interesting year because we got we got we got Batman. You know, we got. No, well, we got Spider Man also that year, so and for, and possibly, um, the Suicide Squad. So it, it's going to be shaping up to be a great year, possibly. I don't
1: want to think about Harley Quinn for as long as possible. I, I don't want to think about Harley Quinn, but with James Gunn in the new cast, I'm willing to give the idea of maybe seeing it a chance. <laughs> but I I want the future of DC on film to be Diana Prince arthur whatever his name is aquaman and bruce wayne that's what i want
0: well and, and don't forget we also have shazam
1: yeah and he's a guy that again like i said that's a guy that like jj abrams as a producer will know how to work him in at, at, at the correct time in the correct amounts
0: exactly so it will be great
1: I mean, that's what Abrams has done so great with the huge Star Wars cast and what Whedon and the Russos did so great with the huge Avengers cast is know who to work in, when, for how long, and whatever. Um, and so when you end up having more than two or three leads in a movie, and also, but also bringing in people, like for example, it's inevitable Deadpool is going to end up coming to other people, but like for example, I would bring Tom Holland as Spider-Man into Deadpool or vice versa, but someone's going to have to figure out how to do that are you going to make Deadpool more family friendly or are you going to bring Tom Holland into a dirty ass rated R movie? I would do that, but you know, um like those kind of decisions. That's what I'm excited for about JJ, not specifically him writing or directing, which I would be fine with obviously, but just knowing how to expand the universe. Let's be honest, they tried to do it with the DCU and the first time it didn't connect. It doesn't always connect. It's like athletes, man, you know, baseball players sometimes don't get good till, you know, later in their career. Like it just takes time sometimes or you got to reboot stuff. And that's what they're doing. They're rebooting it. And uh thank god for Wonder Woman cuz if Wonder Woman had failed, dude, I'm telling you, it would have been all over. It would have been all over on the big yeah. screen.
0: Yeah. I, I know. I was w- really worried that Wonder Woman was going to spell the end for the DC movies as we know it. So
1: I mean, even making $100 opening weekend with good reviews, that wasn't good enough. But then making half a billion domestically, it's like, okay, we got something here. And now with Aquaman, he's not quite as popular domestically, but man, is he killing it overseas? And Batman's going to... That's the thing, dude. Dark Knight in 2008 made a billion dollars, but that was before the international distribution boom that started with the Avengers in 2012. The Dark Knight came out today with the same reviews and awesomeness. It would make, you know, Infinity War money. Um, and that's why I'm, I'm I think the Matt Reeves movie is going to make, you know, Avengers money, especially if they do the team up, which is my final thought about this is yes, I want Robin and yes, I want. Fucking Batgirl, but that I think that's the best thing for the movie, is my final thought about that.
0: Yeah, so yeah, I'm. I'm you know, we we need the we need the Bat family on the screen again. That's 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 how I feel. I mean we did get it already with but animated in Lego Batman, but we need it in live action.
1: Who are the two most important bad characters in the comics, both in the past and now? Uh, you know, Nightwing slash Robin and Batgirl. Like, it's not even it's not even close, as far as I can tell.
0: Yeah, and yeah, you know, that's why I'm trying to. You know, that, that's 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 the whole point. You know, yep. because I mean, they did do it once before, but they did it badly in Batman and Robin. So I'm hoping this time they do it right. So, that's my final thought.
1: Rachel Maddow's a bad guy in Batwoman? Oh, yes! Dude, I'm pumped. Look, it's happening tomorrow. I I think this will... I can't promise this is going to release before Batwoman, so I don't think we should talk about it, other than if anyone... If any character and any actress can save the CW from its own mediocrity of shit the last few years, it's definitely Ruby Rose as the very violent, very sexy, controversial, dark, and complicated Batwoman. I've been comparing uh, Batgirl to Jessica Jones. In terms of personality and darkness, internal darkness, Batwoman is definitely the one. Um... I don't know if it's going to happen, and even if it's great, I don't know if they're going to go dark enough and stop spinning the cameras and playing piano music all the time like they do in every fucking CW show. But Ruby Rose can do it. I don't. I haven't looked cl- close enough into it. So, uh, so let's assume that this will come out. Uh, you know, like Monday, which is just after the first episode has aired. Right this second, what are what are your quick thoughts about Batwoman? No one really got to sign out here.
0: Okay. So my thoughts of Batwoman just come from basically the crossover, because I haven't read a whole not actually I didn't do tech comics about Batwoman, so um I read completely new fifty
1: two of Batwoman. It's quite good.
0: Yeah, so you know, my feelings of Batwoman are, you know, she's 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 a very bold character, makes a lot of bold choices in in the comics usually. Some of which pay off some of which don't so i guess we'll see what what she does in the uh in the show and how they and how they write her because what they showed of Elseworlds was pretty good i just need to see a little bit more to make a final judgment
1: it's so. gonna be all about the writing and if they let ruby ra- this is like my captain marvel thing like i was not excited for Re larson as captain marvel but i really like the captain marvel carol danvers comics I ended up not liking the movie Captain Marvel, but liking Brie Larson as Captain Marvel much more than I thought. The problem is they they didn't let her be like Captain Marvel in the comics. Is like Barbara Gordon, very complicated. You know, she's a good guy, but she's very neurotic. She thinks too much. She's more powerful than she knows what to do with half the time. She's got a complicated romance with Rhodey, um, with 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 War Machine in the comics, and she's best, but her best friends are Jessica Jones and Dazzler. So that should tell you how crazy Carol Danvers is in the comics. And so they got to let Brie Larson out of out of the cage, so to speak. And so they just need to let Ruby Rose beat Ruby Rose playing Batwoman, and everything else will follow, in my opinion. And that's why Arrow season one is great because Team Arrow is literally. One or two people. I mean, until Felicity comes in mid to late season, it's two people. That's why original Team Arrow is the best. It's best when it's just about Oliver with support of his his family and then a couple Team Arrow people. Once Team Arrow got to be a bunch of annoying hipsters who don't know how to act, it became unbearable. And I know Amel's not the best actor, but he's still is the green arrow and was nailing it. And so they need to not surround Ruby Rose with too many annoying side CW characters would be my thought and let Ruby Rose be the film star that she already is. If they don't do it, but she is such an independent thinker. I can't imagine she would have taken the role and been so dedicated if, if they weren't giving her some freedom just as an actor, not that she's like writing scripts or whatever. That'd be my thought.
0: Yeah. That's right. That's how I feel too. Yeah. Yep, it'll be. Yep, yeah, it'll be interesting because, and and we know she can pull off the action, though. Because, I mean, we all most because I've I've seen I've seen her in like John Wick and the uh, yes and the the Meg and stuff like that. So
1: yep. All right, all right, my dude. Um. So, um, t- very quickly tease the the video game because that's the one thing we've mentioned but not said anything about. And again, guys, we're going to do Batman in multiple medias. And, dude, along with the 80th anniversary, I think talking about the animated series with the Blu-ray release and so forth, and how much people still love love it, and you know, it's part of our head canon and so forth. We could even talk about the animated series as well. But briefly, everyone knows what that is. Briefly mention the video game to tease it, and then we'll we'll sign this baby out.
0: Yeah. So, so the guys who made Arkham Origins is making a new Batman video game, which we will discuss, and we'll I'll get into it more. But it is about just it's about a fraction of people possibly going after Batman, and and we'll we'll see, we'll we'll talk more about what that is, why is this happening, and what do we think about it happening. So.
1: All I'll say is if they can combine the great physical dynamics and punchy punchiness of the Arkham games with the character depth and investigation of the better telltale games, that would be the ultimate like game of the year contender type game. Like these days you need to have, action and rpg elements in a very yeah. open world in order to be one of those games and they can do it um and but we're gonna have to save our video game discussion because i could talk about this all day yeah. um and, i generally have and, liked the batman games though i will say in, in warner brothers like with movies warner brothers knows how to screw up uh video games quite often even when they're good like shadow of mordor but all the microtransactions and trying to steal money from people uh but they've done a pretty good job with the games but We'll, we'll have to table that. So final thought we,
0: Mr. Ritter. Should we should we tease the other thing we've been talking about off mic? Which one? Um uh, so just for a teaser, um uh, me and Bizzle are trying to plan maybe a commentary
2: in the future.
1: Yes, yes. It might be Spider-Man Far From Home, which I still haven't seen yet. Um so, we'll, yeah, we'll discuss over the next few days, like the schedule for the next couple podcasts, like what we want to do. Um, I've been doing a lot of commentaries and I'm loving this Batman stuff. And especially, let's put it this way if Batwoman is really good or really bad or really confusing, like if it makes waves at all, that's a whole podcast right there. We've got Batman and other media, we've got Batman Book Club. That's three podcasts. But we should definitely break it up with a commentary. I'm not sure I'm going to like Far From Home enough to do a commentary on it. Um, I've only done commentaries on my top ten favorite MCU movies and not really any other ones. I've tried. But people say it's one of the best MCU movies. So if I love it, then hell yeah. Especially oh. since Tom Holland's my new Haley Steinfeld for men. In terms of he's, I'm casting him in everything. We're talking video games. He's an Uncharted. Zendaya is a co-lead in Dune. And we're casting her in everything. So even if I don't 1,000% love the movie, if I give it an A-, and I love the cast, there, there'll be enough to talk about.
0: Yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll see on that one. And then if there's any other commentaries, we, we may, we may we might see if, if we're going to do this one or another one for a commentary. So I guess to be continued.
1: To be continued. Thank you so much, Mr. Ritter, for being on. These have been great conversations. Um, and, uh, talking two hours about how excited I am about Batman is just wiping away all of the Harley Quinn bullshit that I feel uh, uh, up to my, you know, up to, uh, up to the top of my head. And just a giant pile of shit that looks and smells like Harley Quinn. <laughs> Like, like I, I can smell how horrible she smells, you know? I mean, like, talk about it. Yeah. I'm not going to get into what the red light district is. If you guys have been to the red light district, you guys know what I'm talking about. You can smell that yeah, dis- yeah. cheap perfume from a mile away.
0: <laughs> but one last thing. Yeah. I did, I did show Father Ritter. Oh, this is a great way to of, end. Go ahead. The Birds of Prey.
1: Go on. And
0: and the very, very long title. huh. Um, He said there's nothing in there that really grips him to buy a ticket. That's what this review was.
1: If you liked Harley and Suicide Squad, you'll be thrilled. If you like Suicide Squad, you'll be thrilled. If, like me, you were turned off by that whole vibe and not impressed. Again, I think Margot Robbie is a spectacular actress. I just don't like the character of Harley Quinn. I never loved her in the animated series as a kid. I've never seen a great portrayal of her in the comics. She's annoying as shit in the Arkham games. I just don't like the character of Harley Quinn. It's, you know, I'm not gonna love every female badass character, man. It's impossible even for the Bizzle, so. Yep,
0: yeah, and that's about it, so. So, we'll, we'll yeah. meet again next time, viewers.
1: And don't take this the wrong way, guys, but. If Cassandra Kane is in the movie two minutes, I'll be thrilled because we need to move on to Barbara Gordon and ASAP. But I hope to save that. So, okay, Mr. Ritter, thanks again. Um, and uh, go Eagles, right?
0: Yes. Hopefully. Yes, go Eagles. Yeah. They'll, 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 easily, they'll easily win against the, the, Je- the Jets tomorrow.
1: The Jets. Yeah. God, what a pathetic franchise. Um, cool, man. Well, thanks for getting, thanks for being on again. Bizzlecast listeners, thank you for joining. We'll be definitely, as you can tell, doing much more, uh, Batverse covered soon. I'm thrilled that there is a Batverse and one I'm excited about. Um, and, uh, we'll be bringing you all sorts of stuff, but get ready to do some reading with those comics and we'll, we'll get those recommendations coming. So thanks again, Mr. Ritter. Thank you, Bizzlecast listeners. May the Force be with you. But for now, the Bizzlecast is out.
2: Hey. It's a yum yum! Oh. oh! I told me to be cheeky, then look at